This is Caregiver's Compass, an uplifting podcast all about the ins and outs of caregiving for a loved one. Tips, tricks, true stories, and experts. It's all here on Caregiver's Compass. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Caregiver's Compass. My name is Stephanie Muscat. I am a registered social worker and psychotherapist. Please note that this episode is not the act of psychotherapy. So today I wanted to talk about the difficulty and what you can do when you are caring for a parent that you have a trauma history with. And this can look like many different things, but I'm going to reference the most common way that I see this exhibited with most of my clients. And that's having a parent who either was emotionally or physically abusive when the caregiver was younger. And this can be so hard and there can be so many different reasons why all of a sudden someone is left to care for a parent who was abusive to them when they were younger. One of the most common things that I see is that even though somebody is not on the best terms with their parent, when they are older and living their own lives, there is really nobody else to step in. A lot of the time, siblings just if there are siblings, will not step in. They're very removed. And it is the person who is the caregiver that decides to to step in for whatever reason. And there are so many different aspects to that. And when I'm working with clients, we do a lot of processing into why they were the ones that stepped forward, why they're the ones that are doing what they're doing, especially if there are other people in their lives that are not as involved and could be involved. So that's something that definitely would have to be processed if, you know, the caregiver isn't super certain why they are as involved as they are, but for whatever reason, they are now involved with a parent that has a trauma history with them. And it can be so difficult because you are putting everything up for this person. You are doing everything for this person energy wise. And, you know, it's, it's a huge part of life and it's taking over day to day. And it's really just in the center of everything. And this person may be emotionally or physically abusive still, depending on their illness and presentation, or they present differently, but your relationship with the person just was never strong. And all of a sudden you are giving to this person and that can be so hard underneath it all. I've heard a lot of clients say to me, why am I doing this? Why am I giving to this person who hurt me so much? Why am I putting my entire life aside for this person who was terrible to me. And even though it's a parent and they raise you and they do give a lot to you, it's okay 
to feel these things. And I first want to point that out. It's okay to feel angry. It's okay to feel all of the emotions that are coming up because this person hurt you. And, you know, with trauma, I, I am going to say, and I do try to, you know, give as many tips in these episodes as possible, but trauma can be a very sensitive triggering thing, depending what had happened. There might need to be a lot of processing and work that goes into trauma. And so I'm always going to suggest meeting with a licensed practitioner when it comes to trauma. But a lot of the time, my clients also have already processed the trauma and now they're dealing with the difficulties of being with that person all day long and giving to that person and having the memories of what's going on, you know, from their past and they're giving to this person. And all of a sudden all this anger comes up because this person was not treating them properly or how they deserve to be treated back in the day. And so there are several things that can be helpful aside from, you know, getting professional support and processing it and working through it and all of, you know, the individual techniques and what you can do in the day to day. And what I would recommend for most people is first of all, boundaries. And if you are feeling so overwhelmed with the amount of anger and emotions and it's taking over and it's impacting your relationship with your loved one now, but also your entire life, you've got to take a step back. Even if you're the only person that they have, you have to take a step back and take care of you because that is not going to end very well. That's going to go down a deep, dark spiral of, you know, nonstop emotions. Caregiving on its own is so difficult and can be so draining. And the last thing you want is to then constantly resent and be angry and have all of these emotions come up. So the number one thing is boundaries and taking a step back. If there is no other family or friends that can step in, seeing what other types of supports you can do. Is there a day program? Is there a private or public funded support system you can bring into the home if they are at home? Are they in a facility? If they're in a facility, can you communicate with the team and say, listen, I need to take a bit of a step back. I'm not going to come every day right now. I'm going to come every other day or I'm going to come once a week. And there's a lot of guilt that comes with that too. And feeling like you're being judged by the care team. But if you have an open conversation and you don't need to say everything, but just standing up for yourself and saying, I need boundaries right now because this isn't good for me. And if it's not good for me in, in the flip side, it's not good for my loved one and they're going to feel it and you're not going to be in it. And it, it doesn't make sense. So putting up boundaries, seeing, you know, how you can take a step back is the number one thing. If you feel like this is coming up a lot and it's taking a toll on you, because again, you are doing this for a reason that obviously I don't know right now. Every situation is unique, but you are doing this for a reason. And the way that this person treated you was not fair and was not right. And you are taking the time and energy to give back to them, but you 
need to take care of yourself first. It's like that airplane comparison that everyone uses, and I'm going to use it here. You have to put on your oxygen tank first because you're going to burn out. You're going to end up in such a low place. So you've got to take care of yourself first. So that's the first thing I'm going to say is boundaries. Think about how you can remove yourself from that situation. I would recommend also processing the trauma, processing the emotions when you do take a step back and to be truthful, if it is better for you to take that step back and have those boundaries, and that might just have to be a relationship with the person. There can be a lot of complexities there, especially if there was emotional abuse about feeling that automatic guilt or emotions. If the parent would criticize you or tell you that you weren't enough, you might have those automatic feelings or thoughts or voices going on. If you do take a step back and that's a lot of processing and a lot of work, but that's the first step. I would definitely journal. If you're a journaling person to see what's coming up, it doesn't even have to be a cohesive journaling. It can just be, you know, words that are popping up in your head or thoughts or feelings or talking about a situation that you were reminded of when you were with your loved one and maybe they said something that reminded you of your childhood with them. And, you know, I have to say there are definitely ways to still care and be connected to somebody who was not the nicest to you or who was traumatizing to you as a child, because there's a lot of recognition that the person was dealing with their own emotions, their own life, their own upbringing you know, they did not seek the right supports. And so usually when a caregiver is getting in that, they do recognize that the person, you know, didn't mean it, or maybe there was a change in the relationship over time and it became more positive, but you can still do it. It doesn't mean that you can't do it. It just means that steps have to be put in place, boundaries, exploring emotions. That's regular journaling. So you know, taking a time each day to, to write out what's going on for you and processing that, because if we bury those emotions and thoughts, then it's just going to compile and come up and trigger you. And you're going to be just way more sensitive and on edge. And so we want to make sure that we're processing and letting out what's going on. That can be really cleansing and important when you're going through all of that. And communicating with others, letting others know what's going on for you. If you're part of the care team and you have a lot of people involved, just telling them, listen, I'm not going to go into detail if you don't want to, or you can go into detail, but just saying my relationship with this person is complicated and I'm going to take a step back and I feel bad about it, or I want to be here, but I can't. And Oftentimes just communicating, you'll have a lot of understanding for that. So again, the things I would highly recommend are number one, boundaries and taking care of yourself. Number two, journaling, getting that out, getting those emotions out, whatever that looks like for you. I'm a really big advocate for journaling because you're putting it out on paper. You can see it, you can read it, you can, you know, as opposed to just sitting there and and thinking about it, you can do that too. I just find journaling 
for me and for a lot of people I've worked with have been really powerful because you can write it out, you can put it in different colors, you can put it in big letters. If it's something that's, you know, extremely important to you, you can look back at it, you can rip it out and put it on your wall. There's so many different things you can do with writing. I find it very powerful. And then number three is communication communicating with others, communicating with your team. And if it's not even a team telling other people that you talk to what's going on, you know, I'm having a really difficult time. I'm in a bad place. I am struggling a lot with, with emotions. You don't even have to say what it is or say what it is that can be so helpful. Just those three things can, can do everything to change your mindset, to change your motivation, to change your mental health. And of course, processing, 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 especially if you've been through trauma, there is a lot there that you have to go through and processing the trauma is so important because it can actually really help with the positive experiences with your loved one and, and help with, you know, really enjoying your time and letting go and forgiving if that's possible. It's not always possible, understandably but it can help with the whole caregiving process and less resentment, less anger, more acceptance, more support. And, you know, as you're going through it, more love. So I hope that helped. And really it's dealing with a loved one who had a very complex relationship with you in the past is hard. Keep going you know, keep being you, you're an incredible person and you're in this because really you're a very kind-hearted, reflective, emotional individual. And I think there's definitely something to that. So I would commend yourself for that and praise yourself for that and keep going and be aware and attentive. And I'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Caregiver's Compass. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. I'm Stephanie Muscat. Have an uplifting day and I'll see you next time.